you all sound good. Uh, we need to take it on the road now, right? Uh, man, that was, that, was, that was actually really, really good. You guys did amazing. All right, Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19. We have been following Jesus' ministry journey, right? Uh, we have started in Luke 4. Uh, we're saving uh, the first few chapters for the end of the year when we do our little journey to Bethlehem. Uh, but um, we started Luke chapter 4 through 9, uh, which is focused on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And uh, about partway through chapter 9, in the middle of chapter 9, um, there is a, a shift where Jesus says he's fixed his face uh, to head toward Jerusalem. And then from chapter 9 up till chapter 19, which is where we're at today, uh, he has been making this journey. He's traveling, making his way. This is his final trip, final journey uh, to Jerusalem. So he is on his way there. Uh, last week, chapter 18, he was just outside and headed into Jericho, but not actually in Jericho yet, but almost there. Jericho is about 18 miles away from Jerusalem. Uh, so he's really close. And then where we pick up this morning, Luke chapter 19, he is now entering uh, the city of Jericho. This morning, uh, we have two key points. Mary asked me, she said, does that mean a short sermon? <laughs> uh, uh, that's cute. Uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> actually, it just means, you know, here's the thing. It's, it's, uh, I, I'll say this real quick. Um, I, I, I wear this. You know what it means when the pastor takes off his watch and lays it on the pulpit? Absolutely nothing. Doesn't mean a thing. He's not going to look at it anyway. Uh, listen, I never do. I wear it. Uh, I don't look at it. Uh, I have known pastors that, that are concerned all about the clock. My concern is to be clear with the gospel. And I make the key points, make the presentation of the gospel, and, and we're done. Then we're done, you know, right? Um, we, we're not concerned. If it takes me, you know, 20 minutes to do it, and 20 minutes and we're done. If it takes me 30 minutes to do it, 30 minutes, we're done. It takes me 40 minutes. We'll take the time that it needs to make the points that God wants to make for us and move on. So that being said, uh, two key points is what we have this morning. Probably not a short sermon. Sorry, Mary. <laughs> but let's jump in right away with key point number one, and then we're going to unpack it from Scripture. Key point number one is this. Do everything you can to see Jesus. Do everything you can to see Jesus. Let's look. In Luke chapter 19, we're going to read the first 10 verses, verses 1 through 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. For he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to, pass, uh, came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste, came down, and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything 
from anyone by false accusation, I, I restore fourfold. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What an incredible passage. Ten verses rich with, uh, with lessons, life lessons. I want us to consider a few things. Consider a few things that we've, we've actually covered in previous chapters that's building up to this point uh, on Jesus' journey to uh, Jericho. Some things that we know that Jesus has already said. Some things that's going to put this into context and help us understand it a little bit better. Some things that we know from this passage about this man named Zacchaeus. If you would look again, at, look at verse 2. It says, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. All right, so let's pause there. There's two, two things to point out. First of all, we know already, because we've seen it up to this point in Luke, tax collectors are not looked upon with high esteem, right? Uh, tax collectors are the, you know, the, the lowest in the social scale. Uh, they are, I mean, you've got, you've got uh, people with leprosy and you've got tax collectors. And it's like, you know, uh, you know we don't want either one of them, right? Uh, and then not only that, consider this. Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. They have a little qualifier to tell us what type of tax collector he was. He wasn't just any tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. Now, what does that mean? It means that he's a supervisor of other tax collectors. So his social interaction is probably going to be greatly limited, right? I mean, <laughs> he's, not, he's not being invited to too many parties. Uh, he is, he's, in fact, his social interaction is probably limited to other tax collectors, right? I mean, that's, that's about it. In fact, if we look here, consider this. I've heard some people say this. Now, he's in Jericho. He's a chief tax collector. Now, what that means, I'm not really certain as far as the scope of how much he oversees. Perhaps it's just the city of Jericho. I would say it's probably larger than that. Perhaps it's all of Judea. Perhaps he's the chief tax collector for G Judea, Samaria, as well as Galilee. We're not, I'm not really sure uh, to what extent. I have heard someone say that it's quite possible that Matthew, if you remember Matthew, uh, he was a tax collector in Galilee, but he wasn't the chief tax collector. It's very possible that perhaps, maybe, Zacchaeus was Matthew's boss. We don't know, but we do know this. Zacchaeus was a supervisor. He was an overseer. And chances are, since his social interaction is greatly limited, he probably knew all the tax collectors in the region, not just those in Judea. He would have known those throughout the area. So it's very likely that Zacchaeus and Matthew knew each other because their social interactions are going to be very, very limited. But let's make no mistake about it. If you're a Jewish tax collector, your social circles are greatly limited. Now, why is that? Keep in mind, they're, they're, Zacchaeus is Jewish, Matthew was Jewish, but they were collecting taxes for who? Rome. They were considered the worst. I mean, it's like, why would you do that? We want to overthrow Rome. We want to see Rome leave. We want to be our own entity. We, wanna, we want the Messiah to come and rule and reign. Uh, but tax collectors were not held in high esteem. Not only that, it tells us that not only was he a chief tax collector, it says he was what? rich. 
He was rich. Now, didn't Jesus just say something about being rich? Sure did. In fact, we looked at it just last week. I mean, we saw the rich young ruler. We saw how Jesus addressed someone who is rich. So here's what we have and what we know so far. We have someone named Zacchaeus, and this Zacchaeus is the least liked person in society because he is, he is a tax he is a chief tax collector. Not only is he the least liked person, according to Jesus' own words, he is the least likely person to be saved because he's rich. So he's a tax collector and he's rich. He's the least liked and he's the least likely. That's pretty incredible. And here we have in one person, someone who is social outcast and someone who is extremely wealthy. But what do we do with all of that? What do we do with the fact that Jesus has just told us how hard it is for someone who's rich, someone who's very wealthy to get into heaven. And now we're going to see somebody who's very rich. We're going to see somebody who's very wealthy, but he is also very unliked. Well, let's continue verse uh, 3. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Now, let's, let's pause there for a minute. I've always gotten cracked up about how, you know, Scripture is for all of eternity, right? I mean, it is here forever. And Zacchaeus has got to be like, you mean you're going to put that in Scripture for all of eternity about how short I was? I mean, this guy's short. This is Kevin Hart short, right? I mean, we're talking this man is so short that they put it in Scripture for all of eternity to be reminded of how short this guy is. That's, you know, this guy makes Tom Cruise look tall, right? Uh, so, I mean, th- it's clear that there's something about this. He wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't. He was too short. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 is the, is the, is the turning point. Verse 4 says, so he ran. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. That's the turning point. I mean, you think about it. Up to this point, we know that he is a social outcast. We know that he's extremely wealthy, and we know that the crowd is impeding his ability to see Jesus. And at this point, he's got a decision to make. He knows that the crowd doesn't like him. No, nobody's like, hey, let, let Kevin Hart through. Nobody's doing that. Everybody's doing what? You know, uh, who cares if he can see or not? That, I mean, they don't care. He's the tax collector. So nobody's, nobody feels sorry for this guy that he can't see. Nobody's making room for him that he can't see. The crowd sees him. The crowd knows he's there. The crowd knows what he's trying to do, but the crowd doesn't care. He's got a choice to make. What does he do? It says that he took off running, running ahead of the crowd, running ahead of everybody else where he knows that Jesus is headed, and he climbs up into a sycamore tree, for he knew that Jesus was going to be passing that direction. He was so determined to see Jesus that he did two things that first century Middle Eastern Jewish men never do. Never. One is run, and number two is climb a tree. You don't do it. 
you're a first century Jewish man, those things are considered undignified. Those things are considered beneath you. Those things are considered childish. Those things you don't do as a grown man. You don't run. Children run. You don't climb up in a tree. Children climb up in trees. So what's going on here? What would cause this short-statured man to say, you know what, I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to do two things that society says I shouldn't do. I'm going to take off running. I'm going to get ahead of the crowd, and I'm going to climb up in a tree so that I can see Jesus. Now, both of these activities, as I said, were childish, and that a dignified man would never do such a thing. But I want us to consider this. You remember how the previous chapter, Jesus not only addressed being rich, there were some children coming up to him as well. Previous chapter, there were some children. And what were they doing? What were, what were the disciples quick to do? The disciples were saying, hey, you know, leave Jesus alone. You go off and go, go run. Go climb a tree, right? That's what, they're, that's what they're saying. You go do what children do. You get out of here. Go run. Go play. Go climb trees. Go be children. And then Jesus said what? Don't hinder them. They're, com- they're coming to me in a childlike way. And, and guess what? The kingdom belongs to such as this. So what do we see with Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus is doing exactly what Jesus described of the children. He, Zacchaeus is coming in a very childlike way. He is running. He is running. And he's willing to climb a tree to do that. 